Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two who are on unofficial summer break, but they won't let me take a break. Wife of one, here to share everything speech, language, play, development, and all that other stuff that falls in between. I am so glad that you are here another week with me. And if you are a new time listener, hello and welcome. I hope you enjoy this journey that we will embark on where today we are going to be delving into a new month, a new topic, parenting pros. Today, we're going to be discussing do as I say, not as I do, don't work. It don't work. And the reason that I decided to do this topic is because when thinking about June, I think about warmer weather. I think about summer. I think about newness. I think about allergies because everything is blowing everywhere. And and that's a whole different subject for a different day. But I also focus again on like the newness. Like we've got this new thing right now where everybody's been following these cicadas that are about to be emerging after 17 years. And while they've been underground for 17 years, it's they're not quite new on this earth, but them coming up is new to us. So that's that's what I've been thinking about. And so we're going to get right into it. I hope you enjoy and make sure to send in any questions that you may or may not have following this episode, because remember y'all, we're better together. And so citizenship. I'm going to start with that word citizenship. When is the last time you've heard that word citizenship? And you notice I'm like getting comfortable in my seat because this is one of those areas that I kind of want to like go over, discuss, because it's one of those words that we hear when we're super young, entering primary school. Remember, they used to have like the school assemblies and all that stuff. And they would talk about the difference between being a good citizen and a bad citizen and how to get along with your fellow peers and 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 getting along with your neighbors. And that's what makes you the model student. And so it's, it's really interesting because they gave like this description of what it looks like. Or, or what it sounds like, the characteristic of citizenship, but they don't necessarily always give us like the attributes or the descriptors. What does it mean and what does it look like to follow through with being a good citizen and a bad citizen? And there's no, there's no real guide on if there's a conflict or bullying going on or some kind of insecurity or even like the golden rule, right? And at the end of the day, we would learn about this word citizenship. And I guess we would do our best to enact citizenship because our teachers would then go on and give us rules and regulations and things like that. And and we would try our best. And some of us would try harder than others and others of us didn't even touch it. Right. <laughs> but we go home. And after we got this long speech about citizenship, our world changers, the parents, never necessarily got that speech or maybe they got that speech like 30 years ago, 20 years ago. And so it hadn't quite been refreshed. And so maybe just maybe some behavior that's modeled at home 
doesn't necessarily align with what was taught in school or be kind or be nice to others. And and sometimes, honestly, when I think about citizenship, y'all, and why I'm stuck on this word so much today is because at the end of the day, everybody has a day, good or bad. But nobody really kind of helps us like work through like, well, if I have that kind of day, does that make me a bad citizen? A citizen? How do I, how do I leverage that out? Right. And we don't necessarily always leverage that out with our little sugar's minds based on like their level of understanding. Right. And tell me, tell me world changers that we're not all guilty of it in some way, some shape some form or some fashion of where like do as I say, not as I do just, just comes into play and, and how that relates to the, the greater world around us. Like, this is what I mean, y'all. It'll make sense soon. If you're on the road and somebody cuts you off, you're going to call them a what? Idiot. I'm working on it, y'all. If you're on the phone with a customer service representative and they're being difficult or it's the computer, and you've been on the phone for 15 minutes and they keep looping you in or transferring you. Oh, the infamous transfer. Or even better, they hang up on you. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And your shoulders start to do this, like they're touching your ears and you're so mad and out of full-blown anger. You might just say something that doesn't align with good citizenship. This is my personal favorite, y'all. Uh, if sugar, <laughs> sugar, yes. If they decide that um, a rule that you've told them 25 other times prior to this moment right now is new news or new rule, you might lose it in a way that you hadn't quite lost it before because you're tired of saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. If you lose it a little bit, does that make you a bad citizen? But we tell our kids to be nice and we tell our sugars to behave and we tell our sugars, you know, to treat others the way we want to be treated. And and we tell them, you know, do as I, I say and not as I do. But at the end of the day, sugar's collecting notes. Sugar's collecting notes when we're on the call with the customer service representative there in the car taking notes on how we respond to that horrible driver. Uh, it seems like it's getting worse. I, I don't know. I'm having a day with these drivers. Or if sugar again gets like sudden onset amnesia and forgets that you told them the same thing and not to do the same thing 50 other times and they still somehow do it and look at you like, oh, and give you the shifty eye because they know that you said it and they're still doing it anyway. So, I mean, they're collecting notes and they're getting this message that you're supposed to be doing this, but, you know, maybe we're reacting like that. These situations, how we handle them, how they, how they challenge our thoughts, how they challenge our ideas and how they challenge our beliefs, right? Like we might believe one thing, but we not have not necessarily like acquired the skill set to like carry it out the way that we believe it should be carried out, right? So like if you're a world changer and you have a hard time with bad language, like maybe you know 
that foul language is not the greatest thing in the world, but maybe you don't necessarily have the tools to carry that out, but you don't want sugar collecting that uh, or picking up that behavior. And so it's it's almost like this double-edged sword. Like, how do you contend with that as a world changer? And and I, I want us to like take this seriously. And at by no means am I beating up on anybody because everybody has something that they are working on or something to where they are doing it, but they don't want sugar to do it. But then, you know, maybe we just revert back to the, just out of frustration, do as I say, not as I do, but that, that naturally doesn't work. And so this is where like the conversation has to come into play, right? And the conversation with sugar has to be like, yeah, I did it. I'm an imperfect person. We all have something. And it's okay. And it doesn't make us a bad citizen, but it definitely means that we're working on or working towards something that gets us, you know, to the place that we imagine ourselves to be. And so, I mean, I say all this to say, sugar's observing us from day one. There's nothing we can do about that. Um, Studies show by 30 weeks, when sugar's in the belly and you're carrying sugar around, that they can recognize vowel sounds that are your native language. So if you speak English, A-E-I-O-U, yeah, Y-2, A, E, short and long vowel sounds and vowel combinations, sugar recognizes that. That's how dynamic language is, right? And if they're observing and listening in the belly, then you imagine what it's like when they come out, right? Information overload. And they're still trying to navigate through the world. And yeah, they're sleeping a lot, but they're still observing during those brief moments, those very brief moments that they're awake, right? They're taking notes on how to communicate. They're taking notes on language. Emotions are huge during this time. Oh my gosh, emotions are huge. They might not always understand the words that you're using, But if you're acting like this, or if you're acting like this, they can tell the difference. Please don't try it on them because they'll crumble. Like they they definitely can tell the difference between a sad voice and happy voice and an angry voice. They are collecting information on that and they're watching what creates these moments that brings out these emotions, right? And so you can be like, oh, you're so fuzzy wuzzy. It's so cutesy wootsy. And you're most likely going to see a smile come out of them. They're going to be really excited. And you're going to see like their legs and their arms kicking around. And then when they get old enough, they're going to respond by saying, oh, you're so silly or mommy silly or daddy funny or something to show or give a word to the emotion that you are or the action you're showing, right? They're going to attach that to something. And so not only are they attaching that to something, but they're collecting notes on what do I need to do to make a person laugh? What do I need to do to make a person sad? If I do this, then this is going to get this kind of reaction. If I do that, or I've watched mom react like this on the road, or I've watched dad react like this in this situation. So they're going to be demonstrating what they learned through the the toddler years, and they're going to be practicing on their peers. And this is where the social language is starting to be established. 
and it's starting to be practiced. And they're adding the stuff that they've watched you do with their personality. And it's like a huge explosion. This is why most people lose control around the toddler years because all of these things are happening. And so you've been doing all this time and they've been watching all this time, but you might be telling them not to do what they've been watching, but they're gonna do it because guess what the brain does? It takes notes, it collects data and it holds on to that stuff. And then when in that moment, it acts out what it saw previously. Interesting stuff, right? And so by establishing this picture in their mind, they now have like this framework of what they think is good or bad, which is why usually at the first assembly, when they hear the word citizenship and how to be a good citizen, it, it becomes a feeling or connotation. Something is connected to that. And that connection makes them in return have a feeling to where if I am bad, then I might get more attention because I might not get a lot of attention if I'm doing the right thing. Or if I am good, then this makes mommy and daddy really happy. So I'm going to be really good in school. Or I just want to test the limits because maybe there haven't been a lot of boundaries there. And so it really doesn't matter. And I don't quite have that filter established. But I hear a lot of no, but not quite an explanation. Or I hear a lot of bad, but not quite a lot of explanation on what to do. And so, you know, we have to be really, really careful because we can talk our sugars until we're blue in the face about being nice. But if there's no blueprint or no consistency or no model or technology is showing them, and that's a whole, that's a whole show for another day. Um, but if you want to send any questions in about that, by all means do so. But at the end of the day, the words are going to fall on deaf ears. And so, you know, up to now, I'm talking about, you know, just this is what happens to our general population, our general pool of our sugars. But our neurodivergent sugars, they are more at risk to take this citizenship or this do as I say and not as I do to heart in a much different way because well why in some cases our sugars may take things a little bit more literally like it might be only black and white without any gray area and if sugar has a hard time understanding gray area or they take everything that you say to heart then they're going to take that information they're going to take that action they're going to take that stuff and that's going to be law and also Nonverbal language, again, it speaks volumes. I talk a lot about nonverbal language throughout the years. I've talked about nonverbal language and nonverbal language is simply closing this and doing, using this. Right? Our actions speak louder than words. You can interpret that. We don't even have to speak the same language for us to understand the motions and the gestures that I just did. And so sugars are reliant on that nonverbal language. If I'm giving you the look like, then chances are you're going to be able to interpret that as something I'm doing probably needs to change, right? And so even a playful hit can communicate something totally different, right? Because if they're reliant on nonverbals, if they use nonverbals, it, it's so important for us to be sensitive 
to how they interpret stuff. And this is where it becomes really important, neurodivergent or not, to understand sugar and how they learn and how they tick. And we can do that by simply observing them a few minutes every day during play. And keeping in mind, seriously keeping in mind, that what we model, again, is what they're going to pick up. And it's more difficult to undo a behavior than it is to just think a little bit on the front end. Finally, for my neurodivergent sugars, echolalia is real. Some sugars learn directly through verbal imitation. Some sugars catch words that they overhear and may not always have the meaning for it. And it might not be the word that you want them to pick up on. It might not be the phrase you want them to pick up on. And the worst thing that can happen is that sugar picks up on one of the worst words that you've ever said because they caught you at your worst moment because your worst moment probably gave off this emotion that they've never seen before. And so they're just trying to figure out how to use that word and they pick it up because that's a new emotion. And so now they've got it in their repertoire and it might not be the, the one that you want them to get or it might be the one you do want them to have. So at the end of the day, does this mean you can't have a moment? Do as I say, not as I do. Well, I kind of answered that at the beginning. Everybody's going to have a moment. I don't like, mm -mm. everybody's going to have a moment. You're going to have a moment. Enjoy the moment or hope that the moment ever happens again. <laughs> because again, we're all imperfect. We're all imperfect. Nothing is, is more sad, especially in our culture today, than when a person, their whole life is judged on their worst day or how they reacted when they were put under the most pressure. And so this definitely doesn't mean that you're not allowed to have a moment. But what I, I am saying, well, this is what I am saying, is that if we're persistent in modeling behavior, that we're asking our sugars not to do, and the best that we can say is because I said so, then that probably isn't quite good enough. But to have that moment to where something unexpected and something that is out of your control eludes some kind of emotion, by all means. Because remember, if you're modeling the same behavior and you're telling them, because I said so, because I said so, that's why you can't do it. That again is not only not good enough, but in their mind, they might have that same framework established that you do. Yes, I know this is wrong. No, I don't necessarily want to do it, but I don't necessarily have the tools or the model to not do X. And so just like you learn the behavior from somewhere, they learn the behavior and they're probably going to model that behavior unless Something within them is like, hey, I just want to do different or that just doesn't speak to me like that. And so if you tell little sugar, for example, don't yell at sister, but you're yelling at everyone in the house who makes you mad, then what do you think they're going to do when sister does something? And so again, I'm not saying this in a way to, to beat us all up because we've all been there. Oh my gosh, I've been there a million times with my sugars, with my own sugars. And I've had to reflect and be like, how am I going to tell them not to do something 
and I'm sitting over here doing and modeling the same exact thing. So now I got to have my moment and figure it out and, and work out what I don't want them to do. And I think for me, the hardest thing is being the perfect queen and always wanting things to be perfect. And then like trying not to put, knowing that that's wrong and trying not to put those expectations on them, but then accidentally putting those expectations on them because I didn't necessarily have a blueprint. And so it took time to undo it. I'm like in recovery and and they will call me out and will tell me like, hey, you're overwhelming me. It's too much. And I'm like, you know what? I hear you and I'm gonna take a step back and you can take a step back and I apologize because sorry goes a long way and and go from there. And and so another thing that we want to be careful about too is not overreacting. If you tell them not to overreact, don't overreact. Why are you overreacting? But if you know you're kind of explosive, then it's hard to tell somebody else not to overreact if you're good at overreacting or that's something that you haven't overcome. And because I said so is not quite enough for that, especially if they've watched you from the time they've come out all the way up until their current age, overreacting. And the funny thing about being a parent is you don't necessarily recognize this stuff is happening until you see your little person doing it. And then you sit back and say, oh my gosh, is that what that looks like? Huh. I probably need to change that in real time and, and not just give them a speech on why, like I have to change this thing. It's, it's serious business, y'all. And the other one, the final one, and this one to me, be nice to everyone. Be nice to everyone. I would say equity and treating everybody with kindness and equity. I'm not going to even debate that. Like every person should be treated with some form of kindness and equity. I think it's really interesting that schools have taken the direction. And I understand, I understand where if a child does something or wants to invite like their favorite people to their home or invite their, their favorite people to whatever, it has to be extended to everybody. I think a little bit more conversation needs to go into that as to the why. Because sugars are establishing themselves. They're learning themselves. They're learning who they are. We, we're in a society to where we're, we're learning how to be inclusive. And I think, and this is my personal opinion, so like this is my personal thing. There's a difference between being inclusive and being nice. You can be nice. You can be kind. You can demonstrate kindness. But that doesn't mean that you have to extend that friendship to everyone. And there, there's a reason behind that. As sugars are learning who they are, as sugars are establishing who they are, as sugars are figuring out who they are, it's hard to tell them to befriend or be nice in a, in a way going beyond like a smile and a hello to like deep interpersonal connection if they haven't connected with that person. You know, does that make sense? I'm hoping that makes sense, world changers. And so, yes, be kind. Please be kind. Like, there's no reason to not be kind. Even if you don't agree with someone, you can be kind. You don't have to be mean. 
but extending that that extra step and having that person in your personal space, I don't necessarily agree. And so I think world changers, this is even a chance within that to say, hey, you can be kind to everyone, but you don't have to be friends with everyone because the whole world isn't going to be like, it's impossible to be a good friend to the whole world, but it's not impossible, impossible to be kind to the whole world. It's not impossible, impossible to be equitable to the whole world. Does that make sense? It, it, it's not impossible to show generosity. Like these are characteristics that you should naturally show and do and teach and promote anyway. But as far as saying, be nice to the little girl, because of course you can be kind to the person, but that doesn't mean like you have to be best friends with everyone. I have learned, I have learned world changers that with intentionality, friends find friends, people click. They either do or they don't, right? So at the end of the day, have your moment. But just make sure, world changer, that if you're having that one moment, make sure that moment isn't like persistent and make sure that that moment isn't a normal behavior. (laughs) And if you do have that moment, that's okay. Talk to sugar about it and be like, look, I lost it. I lost my temper. This is not something that I want you to pick up and do. This is why I don't want you to do it. And so I'm continually working on it and just continue to pray for me, continue to keep me in your thoughts that I don't continue with this behavior. And at the end of the day, if you are trying to change the behavior, well, there's some things that you can do. And I kind of started talking about this already. Be transparent. I mean, transparency is one of those things to where it's just being honest, being honest, not only with yourself, but being honest with the people around you, because not only are you then providing the model of what it looks like, to change a behavior and get out of the do as I say, not as I do because I said so kind of thing, it gets you more so into the realm of, okay, I'm going to problem solve with this and I'm going to show you what problem solving looks like. I'm going to show you what, you know, critical thinking looks like and how you do this higher level thinking to undo something that you don't personally want to do. And I say, you know, do this as appropriate to sugar's age. Like make sure that it's age appropriate. Like some things sugar, you know, some topics sugar probably shouldn't know about. Like that's for your community, your trusted community or somebody else. But the things that are like infringing on your day, if it is is a behavior that they're seeing every day, then yeah, be transparent and, and let them know that, hey, I'm working through this thing. And so I'm not just telling you not to do it. I'm also trying not to do it myself, right? Be honest, be honest, and be honest comes with a statement. Mommy is seriously trying not to yell at drivers on the road who cut me off and those beautiful drivers out there who decide that they don't want to stop at stoplights, crosswalks, and anywhere they see a pedestrian for the pedestrians who are following the law using crosswalks and stop signs in the little happy guy in the little box um, who says go. Uh, you can tell what I'm working on. Give a do statement. This is what I'm going to do to try to change this behavior. I am going <laughs> to not call people names who break the law. 
by not stopping at stoplights and by not stopping for pedestrians when they know that this is a neighborhood with lots and lots of kids around. Drives me nuts. And I'm going to be okay if I make mistakes along the way. If I see a person do, you know, a driver break the law, I am going to, if I overreact, I am going to try my best not to slip up. But if I do slip up, oh my gosh, accidents happen. And this honestly teaches humility and humanity, which our sugars need. They really need that. It also takes away the like complex of the expectations, having different expectations in the same house. Like somehow this child is supposed to be perfect and do nothing wrong. But mommy and daddy, we are imperfect people and we can get away with whatever we want to get away with. And so we want to take away that complex, like showing sugar that, yes, you're working through things helps it become easier for them to problem solve through their own stuff and their own trigger. Because chances are, as much as I've said, like, do as I say, not as I do, because I said so kind of stuff, they might be modeling a behavior that you don't even do. That's not even characteristic to your personality and your character and what you would do and how you would respond. It might be their own jam, right? They might have their own thing. But even if they do, you can still go through these processes of, okay, let's work through this together, right? And it demonstrates for them that change isn't limited to only them, that adults need to work on stuff as well. And I think I've alluded to that a little bit throughout that, hey, we got to start first here with ourselves. And then we go and we work on the other people and we put the expectations on the other people, right? And then it demonstrates that change sometimes is a marathon, not a sprint. This is really important because we're also used to, we live in a fast paced society. America is a really fast country. Um, some places are slower than others, but in general, we move pretty fast. And sometimes change isn't overnight. Sometimes change is an ongoing thing. Even sometimes sugar changing the behavior. If you ask sugar not to do the same thing 25 times and it's new news, guess what? Chances are they probably needed that 25 times and may need 25 times more to not do the behavior because that's where the reinforcement comes in. And so, yes, some things are going to be super simple. If I say don't run out into the street, like this is a no-brainer, I need you to not run out into the street. Maybe it takes a few times for them to get it, but you're going to reinforce that same thing. It's not going to change. There's going to be other things that just take a lot longer and a lot more reinforcing. And so don't get flustered with them because then it can it can cause for them to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm a failure because I didn't do this or I'm bad. I'm not a good citizen. And that's not it. That's not it at all. Sometimes sugars need time and reinforcement, but they also need our consistency to make sure that we're sending them the same message every single time. And world changers, for those who like to write, I love to write. I love to write my thoughts out. I love to write my, my ideas out and I love to process things. So for you world changers who are like me, write that stuff down, then talk about it. Because you might have a thought in the moment and then it escapes you and then you want to bring it up again or or it might just be an emotion that you felt that you need to get out that you didn't necessarily want to say and so you get it out and then you go from there, right? 
So make sure, again, like if you're noticing a theme, talk about it. And talk about it doesn't mean like, but they talk, you listen, you talk, they listen, and there's that reciprocity to where everybody's listening. And the outcomes of that, well, it gets sugar comfortable with the idea that everyone is working on something. Especially now where we live in a, in a society again to where everybody externally looks perfect. Everybody shows them be- their best selves. And there's not, it, it leaves out a whole lot of room for us to really discuss our imperfections and even being comfortable with discussing our imperfections. And it also leaves out the discussion of the progress that we're making or not making or when we need more support. And so by getting Sugar more comfortable with having those conversations with you, world changer, it opens up a whole new world and a whole new level of intimacy between you and Sugar. It also allows Sugar to see what higher level processing and and reasoning and thinking and problem solving looks like because you're guiding them along the way, not only with your own personal journey, but with what your expectations are, right? It allows Sugar the time to reflect on their behavior, albeit good or bad. And also it allows them to be accountable and own up for their actions. Because if they can be accountable for their actions, then they're reflecting on what they're doing. And so that doesn't mean that consequence doesn't come. It just depends. Like it's a case by case kind of thing, but we're not automatically going to, you're bad. You didn't do what I said to do. You violated this rule. And it takes us away from feeling like everything is so punitive for their actions versus let's sit down and listen to where they are and why they did and what they were feeling and what is the outcome. Because from the time that they come out, there is a reason for every single behavior. Everybody has behavior and actions that they do and how they respond. And there's a feeling or a situation attached to that. And so by understanding more and more about that, then you're able to have conversations with sugar to help them along. And again, this strengthens your bond with sugar. Like I can't overemphasize the importance of you and sugar having a strong bond, a strong relationship, not a relationship to where you just tell them everything that they're doing wrong and then they're feeling bad or they're behaving or they're going out into the world feeling bad and behaving. And sometimes this stuff is accidental. Sometimes it's totally accidental. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before, that if we overuse no and we overuse stop and we overuse and we're always telling sugar no and stop and no and stop without giving them options, then it's really difficult for them to figure out for themselves, what can I do? What is okay? What is not okay? But if they're always getting like that feedback to where it's accidentally not quite constructive, that can have an impact on how they react and how they respond. And if we're always giving them the message that because I said so, because I don't want you to do that without any kind of rationale or reasoning, 
then it's really hard to buy into that. And just like you want them to buy into your stuff, they need you to buy into something, like find something that you guys can agree on, right? A little bit of negotiation and leverage, right? So, you know, this is where it comes back to the citizenship and how we circle back to that. If you're establishing this foundation and sugar is back in that assembly, and let's say they go off to class and they decide that <laughs> it's a good idea and a good day to make a paper airplane and right at the teacher's desk. Maybe not the best decision, but it definitely doesn't make them a bad citizen, right? And you guys can then reflect. I'm trying to say this with a straight face. You see how that's going. They can then reflect on what they did with someone that they love and trust. That's when you talk about why'd you make that decision, right? But it gives them a blueprint of, hey, maybe I didn't make the best choice in this moment, but it doesn't make me a good or bad person. It just makes me a person that made a bad decision, right? Or if Sugar has watched you all that time fussing at the cars who are breaking the law and one day you hear them going in on one of the cars, then maybe... <laughs> You can then have the conversation that nobody's perfect. Some people are working on things <laughs> and maybe that's the area that they seriously need to work on it. And so we're going to try to control our emotions and not let other people control our emotions. And so as it goes back to the citizenship piece, this also, after you have the conversation with them, taking away the feeling that they're a bad person, it also debunks myths that separate them from feeling like there's a group of good kids out in this world and a group of bad kids out in this world. There's no such thing as a group of good kids and a group of bad kids. There are some kids who are just a little bit more inclined to do stuff that they probably have no business doing and need a little bit of redirection to not do that. And there's some kids who are a little bit more inclined to follow all the rules and they do that. And then there's also that gray area to where stuff happens and people change over time. We're not touching gray area today, world changers. We're just not doing it. But you can give yourself the space to say that good people have bad days. Amazing people have bad days, right? It's all in the language that we give them, right? And so we don't tell them that they're a bad person or a bad kid, even if they fall short, because we all do. And again, we've already talked about this. Share your personal journey. They're not alone because none of us are alone in this. We're all, again, working towards something. And everybody's something is different. And some of our stuff might be the same. And if it happens to be some of the stuff that we've taught them accidentally, then we know that do as I say, not as I do, don't work. And why it don't work, it don't work because, well, kids imitate. They imitate our actions. They imitate our words. They imitate our thoughts. They imitate our ideas, which is why by the time they're teenagers, almost adults ready to go, they challenge everything because now they've got their own thoughts and ideas and their brains are, are trying to figure it out for themselves in a much different way. You've given them the blueprint. Now they want to figure out things for themselves. But while they're young, little, cute, smell like cookies, sometimes outside at this point, you can give them those tools. You can build that stuff up, world changers. And so at the end of the day, we just want to be extremely careful of not only the labels that we put on our sugars, but the expectations that we put on them, especially if we're not living up to them. Ooh, that's quote worthy world changers. Now, 
what they hear is what they're going to become. What they see is what they're going to do. Why? Well, again, imitation. It's all about imitation. The world is one big imitation, right? Right. We imitate everything in some way, shape, form, or fashion. We learn from the person before us. We do it. We escalate it and we turn it into something else and we adapt it to our own. But at the end of the day, nothing is new under the sun, world changers. And so what we do, they're going to do, and it's going to continue to be promoted. So with that all being said, language promotes actions and actions promote language. And so we just don't want to attach the negative things in the worst day to that person. We just want to be reflective about it. And do the same for yourself, world changer. Show yourself grace. Oh my gosh, please show yourself grace. I don't expect you to be perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect parent, but I bet you world changer. You are perfect for that sugar that's in front of you. And you got that sugar for a reason. And y'all are in this together. And I'm here with you to continue to cheerlead y'all on. And so I want you to continue to challenge yourself. Challenge yourself this week for maybe one thing that you're like, I need to do better. I'm telling you guys, I'm working on this pedestrian situation. Like I, this, oh my gosh, these cars are out of control over here. And, and they're, they're out of control in my community. And I, <laughs> I want them to do better, but I know that if they don't do better, I can't let them continue to control my emotions. And I am openly talking about this to you. And I'm definitely openly talking to my sugars about it because I got a problem with that, y'all. And I need to do better. And so I'm going to try to do better. And they know, like, they, they know, they know who their mama is. And just like world changer, your sugar knows who you are. And so, Challenge yourself. Do something. Tell me what it is. Oh my gosh, I still want to hear what somebody else is working on because, man, I'm telling you, someday, some days, and just keep working at it. Continue strengthening that bond. If you and Sugar are working on something differently, talk about it. Connect about it as best as you can. Even the two year old, for the most part, can hold some kind of conversation and label to be like, you know, give you some feedback, and you can give them some feedback too, y'all. <laughs> That's all we got for this week, y'all. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Join me next week where we will talk about we just don't agree. Ooh, parenting partner disagreement. I am going to have a special guest. It's a surprise special guest for y'all. And my special guest is going to come and they are going to talk with me about how to not do give low blows, how to not pop below the belt, how to just make sure that we keep everything above the belt. So when we don't agree on stuff as parenting partners, we can, in a nice, kind, constructive way, figure out how to argue without arguing. Mm. How to argue without arguing. It's going to be a hoot. I, I can't wait. Also, also visit my new website. I've got this kid.com. There you can join the interest list for my new book. Watch me connecting to your child through play. Man, do not wait on this. There's going to be special pricing for those who get in line first. And it's going to challenge the way you see play, how you engage with sugar, and that you don't need an unlimited amount of time to get that stuff done. Y'all know how I roll. I don't like novels. I like short, sweet, to the point. And so that's what my book is, short, sweet, to the point. But I guarantee no matter what part you read, as soon as you put it down, you can apply it to real time, your real life. So I encourage you 
to go and join the interest list. All right, y'all. Also, join the community while you are on my new website. Join the community and get on our mailing list. I'm going to start back blogging in the month of July. I just need the month of June to get through. But once I am out of June, oh yeah, we're back with blogging and I cannot wait. If you have any ideas or something you want me to blog about, send that in. I might write about it, research about it, do something with it. Y'all know how I feel about writing, so I can go on and on and on. But at this point, I need to button up some stuff before I get into some other stuff because I want to make sure that it's amazing and that it works for the community, right? And if you have any questions, you can find me on social media. All the links are below. Um, you can also send in your questions there. You can send your questions into I've Got This Kid, questions at I've Got This Kid.com. <laughs> So let's continue to keep each other on our toes, world changers. I cannot wait to see you guys next week. And to our new listeners, thank you for coming. I hope you had a wonderful time. Rate us and tell me how you felt about the show. I'd love to hear from you. Until the next time, take care.